This is it, pod number 85 of the world's most polished podcast, brought to you by the normal, usual guests, Mr. Orlin, a.k.a. the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, a.k.a. the People's Champ, myself, Sir Neverlook, a.k.a. the Excellence of Execution, and surprise, surprise, you know she's a no-show, Mrs. No-Show. No-Show. <laughs> Although we have had a story this week, haven't we? That from Mrs. No Show that she's she's always pilled someone. Interesting story, and I was actually yeah, it warmed my heart that he is still doing this. The principles of Bitcoin orange pilling. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want yeah, to, what, do you want to tell was... the story? I was going to say I was surprised at this because I think we're having a big conversation about oh God knows what related to Bitcoin and he hadn't chimed in when I saw his messages when I went down I think to grab my lunch and I was just like oof it was big it was big like yeah for anyone that doesn't know outside of the show guess what we talk about Bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> so uh, was it Bit- so- Bitcoin Bitcoin boats and bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, he just pipes up. By the way, I've orange pilled uh what was he? Uh a masseuse. Yeah, and it's a great little story, right? Because obviously the, the first story we've got is how to orange pill Bitcoiners, and there's a whole load of different ways of doing it in this article, but his way was you know identify a problem first, right? So the masseuse was moaning about um her income tax. tax yeah yes and depending on uh, I, and i know what the she will probably was talking about she's probably talking about vat if i if i had to guess because i know as a sole trader once you hit 80k you then um vat is then owed so you have to pay 20 percent. Yeah. so it's this really Could weird thing where you want to earn 79 kind of k mm-hmm. the second you go over 80 you actually end up walking back because then the entire sum is what tax 20 it's not a progressive tax, you know, like how, you know, if you earn, let's whatever the tax is now, is it on 40K? And then if you earn yeah. 45, you hit into the 50% tax bracket, but only everything over 40 is 50%, right? It's not the whole sum. Well, 45 and then 150 is 50% and above. Yeah, but, then, yeah. but it's a progressive tax system, isn't yes. it? So you're still incentivized to earn more money. You just get taxed yeah. more on that money. But the VAT for a, for a sole trader is very interesting because it's different. It you, when you're earning seventy nine 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 nine, then there's no VAT, so there's still income tax to be paid on that. But there's not an additional twenty percent. But once you go over that eighty k barrier, because I, I know I remember when I used to go to a CrossFit gym, the guy that was running it, he he had a, a group of members, and he had to keep the number of members. And I went, why why are you keeping the members at this? Don't you want to earn more? He's like, nah, I have I keep a waiting list. And if the waiting list gets massive, then I'll set up a whole load of new classes, all of these new people who are once lump sum. But I have to make it worth my while to lose 20%. I need to earn more than that. So I need to throw in a whole load mm. of new classes. Um, so and pretty much I know I'm never going to get there. So I, I could earn more than this 80k. I probably could learn earn between 90 and 100, but there's no point because I end up learning less over the over the over the year because of this VAT. 
so yeah, so she was talking about that, this masseuse going, this is this is awful. She mentioned even the Great Reset as to this is why, what's what our tax money is going towards. So she was already kind of, she's already orange-pilled herself. She's already kind of going down the rabbit hole. But then, yeah, the, you know, Mrs. No-Show brought up uh, the prospect of Bitcoin. You can do it on the side. It's better than cash. Uh, you, you can obviously hold it. It's, it's free from inflation. Uh, and you can choose whether you pay your taxes on it, right? Obviously, my mm-hmm. my line on it is pay your taxes. I don't think it's necessarily worthwhile not paying it. They really, really don't like it. But if you don't want to, and if, you, if you've if you got a, a non-KYC Bitcoin wallet as a masseuse that you're walking around with that's never inter- interacted uh, with a KYC Bitcoin exchange before, then you could very easily accept some Bitcoin payments off your customers. And then there's a there's an argument to say that the, the government would never know. So uh, she's down what, going down the Bitcoin journey, isn't she? She said she'd look yeah. it up. And what I really like about this story, and, and you're right, and you touched on it, is that she's had to come to this conclusion herself. So no one else has kind of, I guess, been involved. And I think that's probably a key reason as to why some people don't get Bitcoin just yet because they're in the fiat standard world and they're like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't apply to me. Um, although they should start thinking about it a little bit more because clearly everybody's uh, money isn't going as far as it once used to. You know, weekly shop has increased, necessities have increased and so forth. But they printed it to help people, didn't they? Through furlough. <laughs> So, so it's fine. Everyone had yeah. to be helped out because of the pandemic. <laughs> I, saw good debate. <laughs> I saw a good debate on this, by the way. And um, they there was a guy going, they printed 760 uh, billion in the UK uh, in the last two years. That works out at £14,000 per person. And all his question was, to the Conservative and the Labour MP, was where did that money go? Because people like, haven't got it. Sounds like Pierre and mm. in, um, in Canada, when he was just like, "Where'd that money come from?" Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he says, "Where is it now?" Because he he yeah. goes because their answer straight away was, "Well, a lot went out in furlough payments." Da da da. da. They go, "Yeah, but then they obviously just spent it. They were sat at home, right? Where did it end up? They they print they've like doubled the supply of pounds in the UK over the last two years. Now, when all the dust is settled, where did the money go?" Because the economy wasn't running, they they doubled the supply. And when you look at it, I mean, he knew the answers. Obviously, he was waiting for them just to go stumble over their words. It's gone straight to the top 0.01%. All the biggest companies have it. The big government contractors have all this money. And that's £14,000 per person. I just like the fact that he re- he'd done the maths, obviously, and just divided it's it beautiful. by the... And you just Which go... Room? That's Where such did he... a huge amount of money, right? Isn't it? Imagine if you've got 14 grand to put in your account for the average person. It's life-changing. That's yeah. what happened over the last two years. But where so where did he get the figures from? Because these figures in the UK aren't readily available. That the 760 billion that yeah. was printed, you're right. Because yeah, this no, is no, the no, kind that, of stuff which we've that, been that's... hoping to, hoping to find to understand how much the monetary supply has been inflated by. Oh yeah, well, the, 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 yeah, this the tough bit. How much they printed is public knowledge. That's very clear. They've had to get all that signed off. But off what basis? Yeah, you're guessing. We're we're saying roughly. 
Because yeah, because we're based in America, America they had this and they've stopped publishing it because it caused so much controversy because they realized that the Fed printed 40% of the monetary supply within two years, ever. So, mm. you know, literally they'd halved people's earnings almost and their savings almost. And so we made it disappear. Equally, we can go to uh, my favorite website and the US debt <laughs> clock and understand how that increased over the last two years or two and a bit years from, you know, a ceiling. And I use that word loosely yeah. <laughs> in terms of a ceiling because we know that that's risen. The, many the debt times. ceiling. Yeah. But don't worry, America's always paid its bills since 1793. <laughs> On time. Yeah. Um, so, do we want to go to the story? So, um, this Let's one's. Start off. Or do you want to yeah. give a rundown of uh, what we're actually doing? I know we just jumped straight into Mrs. No Show. So, if anyone wants to just click and flick. Yeah, sure. So, this week, obviously, all Bitcoin stuff. So, first story is how to orange build someone. Uh, we've then got a story from Uncle Marty. He's talking about when the money fails, so does the social fabric. We've got good old inflation weekly. Uh, Lebanon, unfortunately, are on another drain. Uh, their government has announced that their currency is going to go down in value by 90% on February 1st. So it's already happened. We then got a story about Britcoin, not Bitcoin, Britcoin. We then got Ray Gialio. Uh, he's talking shit about Bitcoin, so we'll slag him <laughs> off for a few minutes. Um, we've got Craig Wright fake satoshi uh he's got a court case he wants some bitcoin or some bitcoin developers. he's like a regular guest isn't he craig right unfortunately i'm quite like like villain to... corner yeah probably should ban him really because it's basically shitcoin corner whenever we talk about him but yeah. he pretends to be in bitcoin that's why he kind of sneaks under the radar but really it's just a shitcoin version of bitcoin but yeah and then to close up we've got a nice redditor that decided to um show us his 24 <laughs> words in picture form and um, we'll, we'll see how that played out for him on Reddit. Um, but yeah, back to Orange Pellin. Take it yeah. away. So this is an article from the Bitcoin magazine and um, it's How to Orange Pill. It's entitled. So it goes through um, the writer's journey and speaking to a guy in the gym. And it's first of all starts talking about the 0.01% penetration. So it does say that Bitcoiners have a problem with actually putting across um, the value and why people should be looking at Bitcoin. Um, and I think the other Jim Goey met said it's obvious once you know. And I think that's the position which we're all in. You end up kind of in this toxic mindset that you can't believe no one else would get it. Um, I mean, Mr. All In was earlier than us, but myself and Sir Neverlook, it was a kind of like pandemic and lockdowns and the lack of economical sense when they're printing loads of money. Where's that money coming from? And that's when it, hmm. everything clicked into place. So we had, um, I think, some conversations in our group chat about this. And it was like, I suppose, some of the foundations have been laid before, but it's when that event happened, which you kind of go, ah, I get it now. You know, that's what really had the run of events on us and this is what it ends up concluding in this so um some of the parts which are picked out of this was um some some quotes this is why shit coins can get people into the tokens they force pit them some really good scumbag marketer gain said persons trust and then they sell them an opportunity switch um 
so you know this could be the next big thing the kind of gibberish and you kind of think all that gibberish which we've read on coinbase it may convince someone who's who doesn't really know what they're, they're looking at i think oh yeah crypto is this big word and this one says it's got a graph this one can i don't know what the fuck it was doing like the various shit which i've read on coinbase so his kind of conclusion i think spot on stop screaming solution to people who don't know there is a problem it's a silent tax which is a big problem which bitcoins fight against it's the inflation which is fundamentally the issue because you know otherwise they'd have to tax you like 70 80 percent without inflating the money and everyone know there's a problem there so they kind of got this balance where they're taxing you from your paycheck probably like 40 percent and then they got all their secondary taxes like fuel tax council tax um vat and everything else which probably takes your actual tax up to about 60 percent, and then they take the rest of you through the hidden hidden inflation but he talks about how do you actually create that need and i think that's something which is obviously worth a discussion between the three of us but i kind of semi-agree that people don't get it till the last minute until mm-hmm. the walls are falling down um rome is burning and they're fucked they're going where's my money gone yeah, unfortunately, I, I fall in the camp of you, you get Bitcoin at the price you deserve. I think all the information is out there, right? There's There really is so much government corruption everywhere, but certain people can see it. Certain people can not trust and verify, and they'll spend the time verifying, and then they come to the solution quicker. Because I was trying to figure out what led me to do it, because I, I went around that, down the rabbit hole, and there wasn't a compelling event. Not really. It was just, I was in a time in my life where I, I did hate the government. And I, and I think actually maybe the compelling thing might have been Brexit for me or something. But I think it was before that. I, I got into Bitcoin before that. Yeah, Brexit yeah, was about 2017, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So no, it, I think maybe even earlier than that. As in the vote, I think was about 2016. Yeah. Because it, it's just one of them where I don't think it was. I think it was just my intellectual curiosity. And I had a a distrust of government and I knew something was up, but, and I just started unraveling this thing. But yeah, I, when I first found Bitcoin, I dismissed it as crazy internet money yeah. and, um, and and didn't really address it. But then it was just something on, on Reddit that I started reading. And then it just, I actually then read it. I actually read it properly. I didn't just cursory glance it, go, oh yeah, I understand Bitcoin off. It's just internet money, basically PayPal. Who gives a shit? Some, but um, but yeah. So it's it's so I I think it's you, you need to care, right? You need to care about the world that you live in. You need to not be an NPC. You, you need to not follow the herd. First of all, you need to get it yourself because I was introduced to Bitcoin around about twenty thirteen, as the company we all used to be at. Minus one of us here. <laughs> um, we signed Mt. Gox, so I was fully aware of Bitcoin, but then my trust levels were at minus 3000 when Mt. Gox all of a sudden just collapsed. And I was just like, whoa, I'm not going anywhere near that. So uh, I guess it just depends on how you get it first, because how am I going to orange pill anybody if I don't trust or get it myself? It was also the context at the start with Mt. Gox. What was it used for? 
and whilst we look at it now as a successful use case, oh, it was course. used for pretty much Silk Road. It didn't have anything outside of yeah. buying a peach from a Silk Road at that point, but it was still use cases when you actually look at the the progression yeah. of Bitcoin and its use and how it spanned to being um, a currency for El Salvador and the Central African Republic. Yeah, and and, and, uh, and of course the narrative that surrounded Bitcoin as well at the time, which still does now. It's used by drug dealers, scammers. You know, it's magic internet money, blah blah. When really it's the the worst currency to ever do anything like that. So yeah, you don't want to really be doing that. Yeah, and and that's what I mean by you know when you say you, know, you get Bitcoin at the price you deserve. Imagine being in Bitcoin when. You know, essentially the only exchange is Mt. Gox. There's nowhere to buy anything with Bitcoin. You can't sell anything with Bitcoin. There's no big influencers anywhere that are supporting Bitcoin. You're very much just in a very small group of technical people that have evaluated the Bitcoin code and evaluated the fact it's decentralized, the miners, the nodes, and they've gone, yeah, that is the best form of money humans ever done. There was hardly any proof points that suggests that anyone outside of this small group of developers agree on that. If anything, every single person in outside of Bitcoin at that point had looked at Bitcoin and dismissed it largely as a scam. Yet these people stayed with it, put their funds into Bitcoin. And, and now obviously they, they got Bitcoin at $10, $100. So they are now super, super rich, right? But that's their reward for seeing Bitcoin revert when everybody, like 100% of people virtually were saying it was a scam. Now we get to a point where, well, yeah, maybe 0.1% of people are Bitcoiners. And I would probably say 10% of the media coverage, coverage we get is positive. You know, we've got plenty of billionaires that are supporting Bitcoin now. Um, there's plenty, obviously, that dismiss it. It's still 90% negativity. There's probably 10% of the rich and the coverage we get are going, Bitcoin's pretty good. There's, there's dozens of exchanges that are very credible that you can buy Bitcoin on now. Very safe, loads of hardware wallets, dozens of podcasts, information's everywhere. So of course now, if you're coming in now, it's like, okay, you're, you're probably part of the first 10%, but you're not part of the 0.1% really, not unless you go, because I think the definition of to be part of the 0.1% is to have over 50% of your net worth in Bitcoin. That's the Bitcoin maxi. Um, kind of almost. I mean, this article goes: you're a Bitcoin maxi once you you once you tip over the fifty, and um, and most people that have come in, I think at this point, which is why I'd say about ten percent of people probably have a good knowledge of Bitcoin, but they're just dipping their toes in. They have like not not point five percent of their net worth in. You know, they buy a couple of hundred pounds and leave it on Coinbase. You're not a Bitcoiner by doing that, not really. Like on paper, maybe you are, but you you you're not here for the for the separation of money and state. And that's that's what the early adopters were, and that's what we're here for. And that's what he says here. Like we're here for the movement. We're here to separate money from state. And um to to get someone to that point, it's it requires quite a lot of intelligence to actually even start to understand the world we live in. Because I've noticed mm. a lot of people that I've spoken to that maybe didn't go to university or don't see themselves as investors. The second I start talking about this stuff, they just go, it just sounds too good to be true. And I don't know enough to question you properly. So I'm just going to stay away. You know, I'm going to stay with the guys that are in suits that go on TV because 
they, 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 I hate, hate to say it, but they don't even have the intelligence to be able to absorb some of this stuff and go, because it, but the problem is it isn't actually that hard, but they don't think they're smart enough sometimes. They're, they're, they're their own worst enemy to go, I'm not an investing kind of guy. But that's because it's all been ingrained in someone's head. You've been ingrained to buy Vanguard. You've been ingrained to invest in your pension. It's your, your only way out is to save heavily into those investments. Use your ISA allowance. Um, use you Put into your pension. Someone else will look into it because they know better than you. Yeah, buy a Vanguard. Someone else will invest that money for you because you don't have to do it. Um, and if you put it into bonds as well, that'll balance it. Even though you're looking at retiring in 20 years' time, it'll keep it safe over those 20 years, not allowing for the 10% yearly gains off the S&P because you're balancing it using the bonds. But that's all right because it'll be stable every year. Yeah. This is why he's the people's champ. Dr. Evil <laughs> 10% is getting more and more bitter by the, by the week, don't you think? I'm a oh, bitter yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was just facts, isn't it? You know, it's just... Yeah, yeah. What, what the only actually... one you missed was and buy a house that you pay off when you're seventy and have given hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of interest to the bank. Yeah, who, who did that benefit? Well, the houses is a really hard one because you're kind of going rent. You know, if you've got a family looking after, is it the rent or the buying? I think the one which is really the show one is buying a car. You should get a car every three years because you deserve it. Yeah, well, cool. yeah, well cars are just out and out for yeah. it. But but buying a house right. is, is the big one of the biggest scams ever. That's the only reason why house prices are so high because everyone got told to buy a house, even the people that can't afford one. Plenty of people should be renting. Plenty of people should be in houses a lot smaller than they are. Everyone is overreaching. That's why everything when everyone makes the same mistake. It shoves a load of money into a into an industry that shouldn't have it. That so it literally yeah. it's like a self fulfilling prophecy. It's like oh, everyone should buy a house. Guess what? And you do that, and if no one's got hasn't bought a house by twenty five, they're seen as a failure. They're mortgaging themselves up to the hell. This is it's it's so ridiculous. So so yeah. So when you've got a family and stuff, you're told uh, if you're renting when you've got a family, that's irresponsible. You could get kicked out of your home. Da da da. You don't care about your kids. So. Of course, people buy, and then they go, "Yeah, but you're going to buy and like have kids sharing a room now. I want kids to all have their own room." Da 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 da. And oh, it's it's fine. My mortgage guy tells me, based on what I earn, I, I can afford this house. You go right. What does he mean by afford it? What when does then when? What's the total payable? When do you stop paying? Oh, yeah. I'm seventy-two. It's, it's, or something. it's a fifty-year mortgage. It's a fifty-year mortgage, and you end up paying. 50 over 50 percent of your income just on your mortgage so you're barely living you can't yeah. really save. you're going to be working till you die yeah it's not nice and it i i definitely see your point there the overreach um and it kind of goes hand in hand with the mass inflation low interest which we've seen but kind of circling back to this um <laughs> yeah. he, he talked around you know what's that point which someone actually realizes what's the best point to sell to someone and he uses the um, analogy, that's the correct way to say it, from um, The Wolf of Wall Street. So about the pen, how do you sell someone a pen? And yeah. the correct answer is wait until the waiter brings out to bring the check, then pull out your pocket. Now they have a problem and it's selling the solution. So it's that point. But that is when everything's fucked. This is when- By that currency, point, it's too late. Yeah, yeah. it's hyper-inflating. It's hyper 
or CBDCs have hit and you can't even buy a loaf of bread because you wrote a Facebook post which criticised um, <laughs> the WEF overlord, Tony Blair. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully, that you know, it's like we had literally an example with, from Mrs. No-Show, you know, there's Nick, the, the problem doesn't have to be hyperinflation, they've just lost everything. No. It could just be, I hate the government, they're taxing me too much and I need a way of getting around that. And and I think all this money is getting fed into a great reset and I don't want to support that anymore. You go, well, you you understand Bitcoin, right? If you understand all that, you must be a Bitcoiner. And they go, nah, I, isn't Bitcoin a bit? Isn't it, isn't it dead? Da, da, da. That's when you go, ah, right, got one. This is someone right for you need to read the Bitcoin standard. The place that you're at right now, you will just absorb this. It will become fact. And we've got a Bitcoiner. So I think everyone has their own personal thing. You know, we've, we've got a story, I think, later on, or actually maybe it's not even in here. But um, I saw, um, actually it's in the Nigeria one um, or the Lebanon one. But basically the, the price of Bitcoin anyway, the price, their the currency is hyperinflating. And yeah. um, I think it was in Nigeria that I saw um, that the, the price of Bitcoin, it's at 23,000 or something in dollars um, in USD. They're buying Bitcoin um, in Nigeria for forty-eight thousand dollars right now, so they are right at that point that you just mentioned. That's at hyperinflation, and that is a case of all right. Literally, we've had all the warnings up to this point. Now our fiat money is going to zero, literally in the in the course of weeks. So doesn't that bring us quite nicely onto the next um, onto the next story? Yeah, it is literally connected to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's in this article that it says it. Yeah, so yeah, they're buying. I've got to read this one on the phone because Marty oh, yeah. Marty's Bents is. Uh, I feel, I feel this. Um, you know, this article is a bit of propaganda. Lebanon and Nigeria, fine. It's just some mm. propaganda. There might be there <laughs> might be an issue, but it's caused by greedy corporations. Well, it's interesting as well, isn't it? Because we were talking about this prior to uh, tonight and off air about it being Lebanon and Nigeria. And some of the guests, sorry, some of the listeners may think exactly the same. Talking about these random odd countries where it doesn't really mean anything, but it does. Because as we've always said, if it can happen there, it can happen here. It could happen anywhere. Where did that conversation go? Because I, I, you've you mentioned, didn't you, in the week that you were trying to orange pill someone, and uh, well, yeah, Lebanon in Nigeria, yeah. but they just came back with yeah, it. Never happened here, though. It, it will never happen here because one, uh, we have the FSCS to protect money, and uh, and <laughs> I was just like, and then someone said, "Oh well, that wasn't the case where Northern Rock went down," and obviously, well, it was. It was just at around about £31,000 that was protected at that point. And naturally I said, yeah, but just take a step back. If everybody was fortunate enough to have savings up to that value, do you think that they would reimburse everybody back to the place of where they were, back at 80K? But there is no magic fund that that is sat there one-to-one. So the FC... What was it, FSCS, FSCS, yeah. Are they a government body? Uh, no, I think they're independent. An independent. Yeah, an independent. They sound body. like a government body, but my kind of like response to that is they just print money. 
but well, that yeah, kind of goes on to, that goes on to a different conversation so interestingly i'm going through a book was it economics in one lesson mm. and he says the biggest mistake which everyone makes is confusing money with wealth and this is a prime example like they could print your 80 grand they could print print 80 grand times by 60 million for everyone to have in their accounts yeah but it just means that that money's worth less and it is not wealth that is money which you received and the wealth is fractional of what it was worth yesterday before we made the printing and mm. a lot of people do not understand that yeah but it's going back to that principle of well we believe in this money and uh and it's okay because we're protected it's like yeah but you're not protected by anything it's just made up yeah and, and the, you... the problem is right that, that that what they're talking about yeah using the black rock example is a good one because that is an example of a single bank fucking up if that was yeah, just yeah, yeah. one trader fucked up the bank went bust so yeah that's when all the but it's a relatively small bank so yes yeah, so some insurances that could be paid out they did pay out and i think lots of people lost money but yeah, probably the majority of low-income people that had money in that bank got their money back eventually. But what we're talking about here is an entire currency going bust. They Correct. take the banks with them, but it's not the banks that are necessarily fucked up. It's the central government printing of the money, and then the banks are just where the money is held. So yeah. they, the banks and the government have become one and the same over the last 50 years. So what we're talking about is a societal collapse of a currency. When that happens, no insurance companies will pay out. It's the equivalent of a tidal wave just smashing through the entire UK and knocking every single house down. Do you think your house insurance is going to pay out if every house in the UK gets knocked down? No, the insurance companies all go bust and no one gets paid out. And that's it's what we're talking about. We're talking about, sure, isn't it? we're talking about... 80 million people losing all their money. Who pays that out? No one. If 3,000 people lose their money in BlackRock, they can pay that one out. They yeah. can't pay it when Barclays, Lloyd, HSBC, the whole fucking lot all go down in one day, which is what we saw in 2008. They knew they didn't have the insurance to pay everyone their money. They knew all the money had been gambled away and lost. So they went to their tried and tested method of how do we keep... a a Ponzi scheme of a financial system going, we just print a shit ton of money, throw it back into the system. A load of people will go bust. Loads of people lose loads of money through inflation. Their wages are worth less. Cost of goods goes up. But we'll just say, oh, we'll have 20 years of austerity, which is kind of well, what we had. And now austerity yes. is a bad word, but that's how we got through the financial crisis of 2008. And so, so you, is you, definitely you. not a bad word on this podcast for oh. anybody that doesn't know it. Look it up, <laughs> you know. Yes. So yeah, austerity literally means sensible government spending. And for yeah. some reason, people hate that word. They're like, no, we want lots and lots of government spending. And you just go, you do realize they're spending your money. Like that, this isn't this this isn't good. Like, unless they're giving it directly so, to you, they'd be worried. Kind of going back to Nigeria point. So. Um, we covered this, I think, two weeks ago. I was just digging around for the article then. So they increased public debt from 12 to 44. Um, and 44 trillion. And they've got 46 trillion NARA in circulation. So basically they made up 32 billion 
trillion Nara mm. within a few years. So this is why they're having such big problems because they've, what's that? 300% inflation within a few years. Mm, that is yeah, hyper, yeah, yeah. That is hyperinflation. Yeah, yeah. That, exactly. They're trying to, well, we'll cover the other bit, but they're trying to claw back notes to try and make it disappear. But yeah. they're, they're literally at that point where there's no return. Um, and but there, their talk- argument was that yeah, but Nigeria is uh, no one ever no one ever cared about Nigeria as an economic Nigeria society. Is, I want to say it's one of the biggest um, economies in Africa. So there's an element that I know it's not Europe. I know it's not America, mm. but it's one I of think, the uh, the prospering ones for sure. Yeah, but you have got to look at it as dominoes. It's like you you're never going to get the big yeah. domino America going first. It's going to be all the countries slapping down into each other. So you've got Nigeria, you got Turkey, you got yeah. Argentina, you got Lebanon, you got various other Middle American countries. You've got all the South America, Brazil are in massive debt. I think South Africa are fucked as well. Probably well, I'm glad of... you raised Turkey. Actually, sorry to get you off, but the the you know the recent earthquakes. It'll be very interesting to see how that pans out because I've always said that you know with China, the only thing that could you know, hurt China is China, and we're actually seeing that, or a natural disaster of some sort. And that natural disaster, whilst it may be man-made, is them um you know the people starving and famine over there but this uh these earthquakes happening in turkey are really going to be interesting in telling because they were already fucked with the money yeah so this, how are they going to print themselves out this could be the final one they're either going to have yeah. to change the cbdc's some kind of new currency or take the dollar or bitcoin yeah 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 they'll, they'll probably I'm skeptical about how much coverage earthquakes get these days because I just think it's just the government just making the excuse, right? They they love a reason that their, their reason will be, oh, we've got to print a load of money now to save us from the earthquake, mm. and you're going to print it anyway. But... Well, they needed to print it anyway. Yeah, yeah you know, if did. you look back at the other eighty-four podcasts, I'm sure there will be some. They are they are officially in hyper. <laughs> they are officially in hyperinflation. At- so that's over fifty percent in multiple years, yeah. but I think we've seen some videos floating around where the prices aren't just fifty percent; they're like three hundred, five hundred percent. So it's well, well, and truly going along. It's just yeah. I remember yeah. on one of the pods we were talking about it because I'd spoken to some people in Turkey on a call, and they said, "Yeah, what you're hearing isn't necessarily what we're actually." feeling and uh and it was it was yeah it was hard for them yeah get your, get your bitcoin yeah and, and there's, there's some heartbreaking like videos in this article from from nigeria because they're obviously they're doing this switch over the notes aren't they they've retired one set of notes and they're mm. bringing out a new set of notes but they're claiming there's been a there's been a problem with the printing so the switch over of notes there's not enough notes basically so people are smashing down ATMs just trying to get some notes out of it because that's the money that they use and there's not enough notes they literally they, they can't get hold of it so Marty insinuates here that he doesn't think that's just a coincidence that they're going our oh, printing notes is just a bit old school isn't it it's such a faff to print this stuff how about we have a CBDC and we could just issue to it all digitally 
And then we don't have to worry about printers and ATMs and all that kind of bollocks. We can just put it on your phone. And so who knows, maybe Nigeria. I I understand his view, but I was thinking it's more about stopping the rampant inflation. And maybe the way to stop the rampant inflation is by to fuck the people. But if you go into the stats of that article three weeks ago or two weeks ago, 6% of the cash sits outside of the banks. So that is the poorer people, the people who can't have the bank accounts. So they're hoping that by cutting off that 6%, they're going to solve the issue, the fact that they've printed 300%, which is sat within the assets and the banks, which the 1% or 0.1% have got. And I just think it's them kind of doing um what's the correct term for like a banana republic thing where they're going yeah fuck you we're gonna get away with this and we're gonna blame it on you but i can see his point around the cbdc's but i i do think it's more about their looking at the immediate problem rather than looking at the long-term wef solution yeah i think they just want to cause chaos as well because obviously the, the people on the ground We've already seen the revolts, the protests in Nigeria. They're very, very angry. But then if people don't have money to eat and to just do basic, just day-to-day stuff, then people end up focusing on that, don't they? And um, yeah. so the, it's, kind of, it's kind of a good distraction technique. To, yeah. And um, and then suddenly when the money you know, starts to be printed again, it's one of those where the government can go, see, look how good we are. See, we, we, we did it. You've all got your money now. And it's, it's like what Wilma was talking about during the pandemic or lockdown, you know, like someone comes up and baseball bats your legs and then six months in gives you a crutch and asks to be expected to be said thank you. You're like, you caused this fucking problem in the first place. At least you could have given me as a crutch. It's what they're doing here, right? They're, they're, they're smashing the legs out of all these Nigerians and then eventually they'll the, the ATMs will work. Yeah, ensuring government compliance, ensuring that yeah. compliance, yeah. and then therefore they're kind of hooked into that eternal cycle. Yeah, yeah. like it's, it's it's like Stockholm syndrome. Oh, thank and you, don't Mr. You dare government. Bite the hand that feeds you, exactly. Yeah, maybe they will even go. Not only will you give you a switch of the currency, maybe we'll give you like an extra bonus bit of money. And you, and the yeah. oh, thank a you. stimmy check. Thank you. Sprinkle <laughs> <laughs> some stimmies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where's that? Where's the stimmy coming from? <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> Hold on. If, if everyone gets the stimmy, doesn't it mean all the money's worth less by the exact amount you gave me extra? Yeah. Shut up. It's more money. It's more money. <laughs> this is I the was... stimmy dance. I'm officially ruling. <laughs> this is the stimmy dance. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that when I read the article header, we're going to have some talk about Rome, but there's no oh, talk yeah. about Rome. I was quite upset. No. But what will also be interesting as well is, and you, I think you touched on it there, Dr. Evil 10%, is will they, so I, it'll be one of two one of two ways, will they go down the CBDC route or will they legalise Bitcoin? So I'm talking like uh, Nigeria, I'm talking Turkey. When there's these crises that happen, you've got a choice as to how you want to tackle this crisis. I think, I feel like Erdogan, he doesn't want to be attached to the US. That's how I feel. But then again, he's in there, you know, he's in their spear. So it's literally, you take the CBDC to stick near the US and they'll be happy or you take the dollar. Yeah. Whereas Nigeria, it's unpredictable, and obviously it's ruled by corruption. 
And it's just, they want the CBDC because it en- enhances their power. But how do you roll it out to people who don't even have a bloody bank account? Yeah. You know, exactly. We, we've so heard... you've got to go digital first. And that's what I mean. It's going to be one route of two, isn't it? One or the other. But you've got to get IDs out to everyone. You've got to make sure everyone has a bank account. And that's why I kind of go, CBDC just sounds like it's too hard in Nigeria, but maybe the WEF will come in and help them with some relief funds or IMF, sorry. Be like, here's a trillion dollars to roll out CBDCs and social Mm. credit. Yeah, I I can't see um, Nigeria running out CBDCs anytime soon. I I think that they're just, they're they're cropped on a level that is just quite small, really. It's just a a government that probably is run by the WEF IMF from the outside and they follow certain instructions. But I think any money that comes into those um, Nigerian government just gets straight away stolen straight from the top. I'm pretty sure they're just pulling briefcases and walking out the door. It's just very rudimentary fraud. So I think their kind of plan to control everyone and get them locked into some digital currency for surveillance i don't think they even need that really they they have a whole country that is already in revolt they've got people walking out the door <laughs> they got they got 94 of the of the wealth yeah. in that country exactly I, I think the scam has already happened doesn't it they, they, they've already done it and they're just they, they're just you know that it's virtually it's about to close down and they're just grabbing the last bits of stock that have got a little bit of value I think the countries that really want to do it are the ones that haven't collapsed yet. Like Nigeria is essentially it's over, right? Whereas you've got the Western countries, you've got Asia, and you've got America. They're still thriving economies that haven't collapsed yet. The money still has a value. So there's an it's argument. It's countries to go, which are still. It's the countries which are still slightly inclusive, as in there's some advantage. You know, you're not getting absolutely ruined. So like the US and the UK, no matter how much we moan about it we are still inclusive you still can get somewhere back you still can rise up whereas nigeria it's completely extractive like literally everything is taken away from you one way or another either through local gangs local government well they're one and one and the same or the overall government they'll inflate your money away So who knows? So my 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 conclusion on that Nigeria one is just I feel very sorry for anyone that lives in the country where the government is completely lost control, they're hyperinflating. It's just it's just chaos at that point. And that's why Bitcoin is trading at a 200 percent premium in that country. You know, it's they're they're literally buying it for double the price. So it'd still be good value for them. So if they if they buy it and they hold it and they manage to manage to survive, it's gonna be tough. Um, but as we know, you know, pe- people always go. Um, I think I got the comment the other day actually that Bitcoin's for rich people, and then you've got these people in Nigeria, right? They who knows how much money they have. I'd imagine it's very little, and they are buying Bitcoin at double the price that you can today. So these are the poorest of the poor, right? The the, the small amounts of money they did have have been hyperinflated. They're buying buying Bitcoin. And you have the nerve to go yeah. Bitcoin to they're, buy, they're, they're buying sats. And I think, yeah. They're, they're buying sound money. That's what they're buying. Yeah, it's the unfortunate fact that they're being led down to some, well, something which should exist anyway. You know, we should have sound money. We shouldn't have had it taken away from us, but we have. 
and it's you know it, it's never going to be the rich countries you're not going to get a japan you're not going to get america you're not going to get the uk doing this immediately it's going to be the countries which are struggling so el salvador oh it's just el salvador it's still a country it's central african republic oh it's just central african republic it's another country oh um they're just doing transactions in the biggest shopping um mall in south africa it's just south africa it's another country you know and so on and so on we're starting to see more and more dominoes it is a very exciting time and i think you know i didn't have the years of just unsustained growth which i think you've seen but i'm certainly seeing bitcoin starting to move now which is makes it you know every time which you have this little doubt pop into your mind you're thinking we're going to get taken over cbdc's you see things like this and you think it's the time to be in the best time is now the next best time is tomorrow yeah because the thing is not only is bitcoin getting better just fiat just continues to fuck itself isn't it like there's like we don't even try and find negative fiat stories these are just these are just the headlines of fiat these countries so what they're doing it's not even like we're going oh there's a really load of countries that are running fiat really well and are deflating their currency and we're just ignoring them no, there's not a single country in the world that's doing deflation every single country is doing inflation it's just the cpi the index is going up every year you're not seeing deflation on goods you know with advances in technology advances in farming if you had sound money your shopping bill would be going down you know oh but tvs are going down <laughs> it's tv because technological advances whereas the fact is your tv should be a lot lot cheaper because it's cheap to make but yeah. like your i don't know carrots your banana your steak etc because they're getting advances in technology so bigger tractors pesticides and so on that should have gone down in price it shouldn't be going up every year and that's what people yeah. misunderstand well it's a uh, jeff booth's book isn't it um got the name of it but it, the price it's of tomorrow the price of tomorrow that's it yeah it's exactly that it's probably where it's come into my little brain from i just everything just kind of merges into one off everything which i've read i never know <laughs> yeah. where it's come from yeah yeah so uh, uh, our next story is basically lebanon devaluing their currency by 90 percent fair first so it's all happened and um j- just to like Obviously, the article just does it nicely, right? But so basically, there's there's fifteen hundred. I think I think they actually do use dollars. What is their currency? I think it's a pound. I think I read yeah. that somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So basically, I wasn't yeah, too so, sure of that, but yeah, it's a pound. Yeah. pound. So basically, um, fifteen hundred pound is now um, going to be increased to fifteen thousand pounds. So. Essentially, if you had fifteen thousand pounds before, it's now got the spending power of fifteen hundred. So it's, they've just inflated the supply by. But this isn't what they're just doing now. It's so it can actually fix back onto the dollar of an official rate. So I think there's about four different rates. So they're just admitting what's happened. But oh, yeah. this does seem like a very, how would you say, speculative rate from what I've read. It seems like it's far too high. So I don't think this is the end of the story. Yeah. But I think it's going to be bumped that, right? down a few times. But let's just, let's just imagine that you've worked all your life. You've got, let's say, you got in, in, in GBG pounds, you've got two hundred grand in the bank. You're going to retire. You're going to have you got some nice cruises out of that. Presents for the grandkids. 
you're good to go. Your money's in the bank. It's all good. Oh, but as a Lebanese bank. So overnight with this one, your 200K would now have the spending power of 20K. In, in one day, they would just steal it. You'd, you'd end up with 10% left over. So yeah, now I think when I think when ninety percent always misleads it when you say ninety, it doesn't sound as severe. Whereas you think the money supply has inflated what would be a thousand percent. Yeah. So let's put it that way. So another way is you've got ten percent of the spending power. I think when ninety percent, it doesn't sound as bad as it is. It's so funny that devaluing currency by ninety percent doesn't sound bad, but yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it just trying pretty, to put it. Sounds I've, pretty bad. Ten percent. I feel in my head it. it but it just ne- it just doesn't come across. Yeah. Well, but basically, it's... if you've got 200K, or if you, let's say you've got 100K, you now have 20K, or 10K of spending power at the end of it. Yeah. So instead so of being it... to buy like a nice boat, you can just buy an average car. That, that's what's happened to your money yeah. overnight. I, it, it's but... just one, like you said, this is just one thing. They've already fucked the money loads up until this point. Well, no, this, this is, is one additional change. This is the repercussions of the money being fucked. So this isn't about they're just doing it now. This is them putting an official tag on it because they're still trying to pretend it was higher, but no one would exchange dollars. So this is them just putting a rate, but this kind of like admits what they've done. So this is the admission that they've devalued it. Well, they've inflated by a thousand percent. So how's that happened? It was basically years and well, years of basically printing a shitload of cash, no infrastructure investment. So hmm, sounds familiar. I don't think it's happened in the UK, has it? We haven't just been printing loads of money and not putting any infrastructure. We, you know, we must have put a a motorway between, I don't know, North and South Wales. We must have put a motorway down the. Oh, we haven't. What we've we been H- doing? We've, we've got HS two now, though. Have we actually finished it? Oh no, we haven't. We didn't even start. It's what? on its way, <laughs> and that's between. Oh, we've got one between London and Birmingham. We've got getting one between Birmingham. What about New- Newcastle, Manchester? I know we, we've Liverpool. got the, we've got the east to west. Jo- they've joined up the east and west now with some load. Of, uh, oh no, they didn't do that either, did they? Yeah, it it sounds <laughs> awfully familiar when all this money's been taken away from inflation and taxation, and there's no infrastructure investments. Where's that money going? <laughs> so Thomas looks pretty happy on his champagne lunches. Yeah, we we I mean we talked about this a couple of stories ago and we're saying, oh, you know, it's Nigeria, it's Lebanon, it's happening here. Track and trace, what happened there? If you'd given me the money, the contract, I could have set that up and running with, with a million pounds, and then you would have had to keep it going with whatever. But it cost us thirty two billion. Where did the um most of that thirty two billion go? I'd I'd have done it for thirty billion and I'd have stolen twenty nine of it. <laughs> but it wouldn't even cost you a billion. I think Ireland had a comparable system and they had it up and running for fifty million. Of course. Like the second you get and that was billion, overspent. That was overspent as well. Of course. Like literally, I don't think even people know how much a, like a billion is. It's a thousand million. Like what the fuck? It's just, it's such a ridiculous amount literally, of money. You you needed a, you needed an app. You needed a call center for the track and trace. Yeah, and they were on minimum wage. Like yeah, so you, you hire, I don't know, a thousand people. You yeah. get an app developer. God, you could have, like, done it for a million pounds and have profit. Ooh, getting feedback there. That's me. So never laughing after mute you. Yeah, I was going to say, you need to mute one of your devices. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> no, you haven't. 
No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you've joined twice. Yeah, you got your phone on and you got your laptop on. Oh, no, no, yeah, you go. Yeah, so back to the point, we're seeing this in the UK. And the UK is meant to be one of the better countries for lack of corruption. I don't, on the corruption scale, it's happening. It's just happening a lot slower here than somewhere like Nigeria. We're, we're one of the dominoes. We're just further along. We're going to get knocked over at some point. Yeah. And um, and yeah, and I think we're more in line. I think because they've got something to save. I think with Nigeria, because hyperinflation's already happened and Lebanon, hyperinflation's already happened. They're probably it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the CBDC thing because they just don't have an infrastructure for it. Like you said, they don't people don't have bank accounts. It's going to be tough to roll that kind of thing out when people don't even have normal money. They literally deal in in physical notes. That's how they do their their day to day. Yeah, people do have phones, but not everyone in Nigeria. So you've got to think the mobile phone, um, you know, the amounts it's very high because well, it's the African way. It's where their bank account was, bank credits, and so on, which is. But not everyone is, so you're not going to be able to tag everyone down. And I think with CBDCs, you've got to have 100% penetration. Um, going to one of the points which kind of backs up what I've said, um, the IMF has favoured immediate unification of rates and has said Lebanese authorities should deal up front with an estimated $70 billion in financial sector losses. Widely viewed as a result of decades of profligate spending, corruption and mismanagement. So as we said, Taxing, inflation, spending the money and whatever they want, siphoning it out. Oh, where's where do our taxes go? What do all these um consultancy companies come in for? Why do their exacts earn a thousand pounds a day? Um, I think they help the homeless. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to bring it back to the UK then because our next story is. Based in the UK, and we, as we know, um, they're probably going to try and push us onto some CBDC. It's why they're trying to say the UK is cryptocurrency friendly. It is Bitcoin friendly. But in reality, what they mean is it is CBDC friendly. And they've come up with a nice little name for our CBDC. It's called Britcoin. But I thought, but I thought digital currencies, crypto, were... Rat poison. I thought they were just terrible because not everyone has internet. I thought you couldn't use them. So why would we be rolling one out from the government? Yeah, I, I think because it's just a government blockchain. I think every time you send a transaction, someone strokes a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I thought that, you were going to say that Rishi strokes his penis. Oh, he, he probably does that. <laughs> but that wouldn't make yeah. me use it unless he live streams it. And then maybe. It, it's once again you kind of go what's the advantage what is the advantage of having a cbdc so a central bank digital currency to the consumer yeah but they wasn't well, their, their argument is it's more efficient and it costs um less to issue it and less fees to send it around But yeah, I, I I don't buy that because obviously a lot of the fees that are that are incurred are in the banking system. So are you telling me we're bypassing the banks with CBDCs? Because it's literally called central bank issued currency. So I don't know where those fees are going. I would imagine the fees are still there. 
is it easier to issue? Well, we, well, yeah, yeah, I guess to a certain degree, you don't have to print a load of notes, but they don't print a lot. A lot of the money that exists in fiat countries now doesn't get printed anyway. It's literally notes How... on, on a... It's once it's once again that question. How are they going to cope with, I don't know, eighty-five year old Rita who doesn't have a mobile phone? Is or is it something which they're going to have a dual currency? I think shock and horror. Can... I think maybe let Rita fucking rot. What do you think? Well, <laughs> but but then how are you going to virtue signal? Will be people on their Instagram taking well, selfies of Rita while she's carried on the floor? Because Rita, because... Rita hates the environment, so she deserves to die a cold, lonely death. She didn't even have her pronouns on Facebook listed, so Rita was a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Did And I bet she didn't even display her carbon score. I, I heard that she only displayed the Ukraine flag for three months. We know six is the acceptable limit. She deserves to die. I suppose it's one of those ones, like, they'll run a duel, won't they? And they'll yeah. get it until they kind of press people out of using the cash, so they'll put advantages in place of using a CBDC, so everyone will have it imprinted on their phone. Yeah, yeah I think but... you'd be surprised as well. There's a lot of old people now. Like They've all got their iPads, they've all got their phones. Right? All the old people I know are... I suppose the old people are... I suppose they are starting to be our parents now rather than yeah. our grandparents, and our grandparents weren't digital at all. No, yeah, it's our, our parents really are the digital, are, the, are them now. And because the thing is, like, because they are elderly as well, and especially during the whole pandemic, that really helped them force everyone that didn't know how to not use cash. It forced them all into their iPad, into the phone, how to use your banking, because everyone suddenly had to pay their bills using their ipad and their iphone and um so, yeah, so, so how we... so how do you think your um parents would what, what what would they think about adopting cbdc's well they just click the button yes i agree and like, of course they would is that because their status cooks i'd go further and say it's not yeah. only because they didn't know but they had no choice a lot of them you know if they wanted to get a doctor's appointment or something you know it, it needed to be done online so they had to do these things so it's kind of like forced by design and also kind of forced to uh you know if you want to continue working here I mean, you're gonna to have to take this little vaccination aren't you you know so it will be coercively forced in the nicest way possible with these pretty incentives and bells and whistles yeah yeah it's unfortunate yeah i'll yeah, be keeping it's... my stack <laughs> add to the stack keep yeah. stacking the, the, the only thing i really care about this is the time frame i think at the moment it's still a while off so it's just one of those where they're just issuing it around that they're, they're beta testing things here and there. But the good thing about government, even though they're corrupt and they're very, very good at doing it, starting wars and spending money, they're absolute bollocks and shit at rolling out an actual software <laughs> technical project. Yeah. You know, even, so this is the thing because they've filled their, their government full of highly paid, incompetent people. When they actually want to do something that is, no, 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 we're not trying to fuck this one up. We're not pretending to be incompetent like we, we normally do. We're meant to do this one properly now. Yeah, CBDCs are actually a project we give a shit about. I know we fucked up healthcare, transport, freaking the education, 
yeah, yeah, we did that on purpose. We don't give a fuck. But this one, we need it to work. This is surveillance. This is the last stand controlling of the money. This really needs to work because if it doesn't, we can't get into into this socialist state where we can monitor their, their carbon footprint and really, really control people. So this is the project we want to actually have it work. I don't think they can do it. I, I, I don't think there's enough people that they could You're pay. Right. It, it would cost, it's, I mean, they, if they it costs them 32 billion to do track and trace, it's going to cost them like four <clears throat> trillion to do a CBT. Mm. I mean, and I'm they, sure... I was going to say, I'm sure that there was about 87 different projects on the go in terms of uh, CBDCs across the world when we looked at it once. And so uh, someone will crack it. Potentially, you know, China have cracked it already uh, with their digital one. And so they may just adopt the same principles of whatever they've done, if, of course, you know, they're they're happy to share (laughs) as to uh, open source it. I was just going to say, like, kind of like you talking about them failing IT projects. I remember them doing a doctor's one. I think it was GPs of joining it into NHS into a central basic database. They couldn't install a piece of software on everyone's um, PC and link it up via a central server. Mm. That's a level of incompetence. And yeah. I think they spent billions doing it and failing. Well, it's a, it's a good thought to have. What I also found from uh, this article very interesting is as a, if I ever, and this is rare, but if I ever do go on to the Daily Mail, or typically sent an article, is reading the comments. And the top comment oh. here uh, is uh, is probably, you know, one of the, the ones that I would have liked if I'd have been on here. It's from Dan Gleedick. Well, well, here it is, folks. The start of what the tinfoil hat brigade have been ridiculed for, suggesting for years, the birth of the UK CBDC and social credit system. You may not want it, but like COVID has proved, they can coerce you to want it regardless. It's frightening, really. Thank lead it. You got it. Glead it. Something makes me think. <laughs> the, the, the next comment is, no Britney Spears. Oh, here we go. And the, the, the one behind him is just called Spanish guy. I'm looking yeah. at the at the worst <laughs> rated. So the thickest mice old farts will be up in arms over this one and say no um that the world is moving on, leaving behind. Never mind. No one miss you, miserable old freeloaders. <laughs> I don't even know why are they freeloaders if they don't want to use CBDCs. Old people are strange. I came for a panic conspiracy tin hat. I wasn't disappointed. In my twenties and generally can't remember the last time I used cash, so inconvenient, especially change. We'll be in the euro within 15 years anyway, and we need to go back, coin back to rejoin because our economy is so knackered. Most of the cash is electronic already. They're just very badly informed, well, not even informed. They're badly educated. Mm-hmm. They need to understand the fact that the government will own a CBDC, whereas they don't, well, they do own most of the money, but they don't truly own the whole system. Yeah, and then... in the best rated one, I've actually seen a comment here where someone said, "Stick with cash. Digital currency will be a credit system. You'll be told what to buy, how much you're allowed to buy, and credit cut if you don't comply." Someone's replied with, "Bitcoin is the only one they do not control." Um, and then he goes on to say a load of nonsensical things that I can't even read. But Bitcoin's actually mentioned that because because that's the thing i've seen people that people the majority of people that hate cbdc's and it's a little bit like what um 
Mrs. Losho was talking about when you know, you've got a masseuse that hates the credit system, believes in the great reset. You know, a lot of people that are in that mindset go, oh, cash is king. Let's just kind of stay out of the system a little bit, accept cash, trading cash. Just don't make your transactions too digital so you can kind of go under the radar to a certain degree. But that doesn't get you out and get you away from the inflation of the side of what you're doing because you're, you're assuming that the money you're trading with is still going to be worth money in the future. And that's the problem. It's not going to be. So you need to get into something that is still not tied to your physical identity, but also will hold its value. Um, and that that is Bitcoin. That's the bit that I think a lot of people are missing, that cash is not the answer to tackle CBDCs. It's, it's Bitcoin. The answer is mm. right in front of us. Um, one comment that I wanted to just uh, touch on as well was, uh, yes, yeah, Santander in Poland started sending letters to people who spend too much money on coal. Total control. You imagine if this will be digital currency, they will stop you using this money to buy more coal. Wait, do, do you want to have a little um, chat with Ray? Yeah. Oh, you know how we were talking last week and again apologies to the viewers with my uh shady internet and um, i think we're back on and we're showing a strong blue light from bt who will be getting a phone call from me in the morning um it's two weeks on the trot yeah exactly uh it's like losing our friend uh nick battier uh from layered money <laughs> Because you're a smart guy, you know, and when it comes to fear, and obviously uh, I've read Ray's latest book, which is um, The New World Order, he's spot on with it. But where he's failing <laughs> is his understanding of Bitcoin. First of all, saying that it was like 12 years old, I was just like, oh, you've lost me already, Ray. <laughs> like when he, when he was talking on Squawk Box. I think there's a big difference between Ray and Nick. Nick gets it. Nick's been bought. You know, I just can't come up with any other conclusion which explains what he wrote. Whereas um, Ray Dalio, he's never said he believes in Bitcoin. He doesn't get it. He's old. I think it's just, well, it's one of those divides. Last year. last year, he said that he does understand it. Well, not I say he understands it. Uh, you know, he switched from the classic, if we use the Charlie Munger phrase, rat poison, to no, yeah, it's there. You know, I've got a small proportion of my, you know, personal wealth of 19.1 billion <laughs> of what he's on, not what he used to own as, you know, uh, the world's largest hedge fund manager. Should we, should we play he's 30 seconds? It's a two minute clip. We're obviously linked to it. Should we, if we play the Let's first 30 seconds, you'll get a good taste of where Ray is because. He clearly is not a Bitcoin in this clip. He is no. He not is in this off. clip. I, I last I I last I thought I thought he had one percent in. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. He he was. I'll, I'll find the clip while you play that clip. Okay. It's been you know quite amazing after twelve years it's accomplished since. But I think it has no relation to anything. Okay. In other words, it moves. It has no relation. It's a tiny thing that gets a disproportionate attention. You know the value of crypto. Uh, crypt 
Uh, Bitcoin is less than a third of the value of Microsoft stock. You could go into industries, bi right. biotech and many other industries are more interesting than Bitcoin. It's not going to be an effective money. It's not an effective storeholder wealth. It's not an effective medium of exchange. But we are in a world in which money as we know it is in jeopardy, right? We are printing too much, and mm -hmm. it's not just the United States, all the reserve currencies, the what's going on in Euroland, what's going on in yen. And so in that world, the question is, what is money and how is that going to operate? I think the question. So there we are. He... I, think, he, I think it's later. He talks about he wants something to fluctuate with inflation. So yeah. I think his brain is too fixed to the dollar. And I think that's possibly just having a think about what you're saying there and looking at my notes. He wants it to be linked to inflation. Why do you need something to be linked to inflation when you can stop inflation? It's Keynesian, so, isn't it? Keynesian yeah. economics to go, you need inflation to have a growing economy. Yeah, but he's know. he but he's going, we must have the dollar which inflates, therefore I must have an anti-inflation asset. And it's like we should have some crypto which goes against inflation. Why don't you just go, no inflation? And here's something which can't be inflated. And if you have it as a central currency, therefore it becomes stable because it has its use. You know, he's talking about things being too volatile, but why is it being too volatile? Because it's a bit finding its place in the market. So I, I, I'm I, going back to, I think his problem is that he is too old and he is too stuck on the dollar. I, I would go one step further and go, I think he's paid off. I, I, I think he gets it. And the, the, this whole thing, his, his whole little stick there, it actually reads quite similar to what Nick Bakatia did last week, where he, he like obviously he didn't throw Bitcoin under the bus, but he did suggest that the dollar is very strong and we need something to peg to it. Where he just says all that, but then also goes, oh yeah, Bitcoin's too volatile. It's not a good medium of exchange, not a good store of value, with no proof points whatsoever. Like, mm. like store of value over what time period, right? Like over the last. One year, no. Okay, fine. I'll give you that one against the dollar. But over the last five years, fantastic store of value. Over the last 14 years since inception, the best store of value of any asset on the globe. So he's clearly means over the last year, which is just cherry picking a time frame, right? And um, like because the US dollar has not been a good store of value. If you had dollars from from a year ago, um, or from a hundred years ago. And you fast forward to today, you've lost ninety nine point seven percent of your wealth because you just held the money and it it's inflated completely out of your out of your reach. You know, ten dollars then would have been enough for a house. Now ten dollars isn't enough to buy yourself a coffee. <clears throat> so I just think he's been so disingenuous in this little clip that I just think, oh, Ray, I think he was one of the guys that we kind of had on our team. It felt yeah. like he was he was a Bitcoiner because I think he found it naturally. He he realized currencies were going, and I think obviously he's done a lot. Got a lot of good press over the last year when he's put out his his books and his articles about this transition. It looks like the U.S. is falling, and his prediction was China was going to take over and all that kind of good stuff. And and Bitcoin looked like it was a it was almost his underdog to go. This exists as well. You'd be silly not to put 1% of your portfolio into this thing because Bitcoin can win. And, and I swear I remember him having seriously like considered thoughts on Bitcoin. Yeah, and now yeah. when I listen to him now, it's 
it's like he discovered it yesterday and he's going, oh, it's just a load of, it's a load of shit. And I go, Ray, you, you didn't unlearn that. You didn't forget it. You've, you've now learned a new set of bullet points and you're just power speaking it on TV because I, I think you've been paid a lot of money by people that have a big interest in the US dollar maintaining its value. And, um, and, and now you're shitting on Bitcoin and you're, you're, this is your declaration that you're not on team Bitcoin, you're on team US dollar. And that's fine. You've been bought, you've been paid off. Fuck you. I think Ray's, Ray's going through a transitionary period, just like inflation. Uh, because previously he was saying that tr- uh, cash is trash. And then, then he's flip-flopped to then saying, well, cash is good and it's a decent well, asset to hold. That's so, because... That was because when he was saying cash is trash, we're going through massive inflation, assets were going through the roof, so it it was devaluing. Whereas at the moment, we know that uh, these cycles that have happened, which Ray is the person to have pointed out the cycles, he wasn't specifically stating at this moment in time, cash is trash. Mm. He was just simply stating it carte blanche. So there's a difference, isn't there? And Ray, when he gives his answers, I've always noted that he's not happy just giving you a one-sentence answer. It is full-blown with Ray. And, you know, I've seen him properly say, no, let me finish and let me get it out there. So he he knows exactly what he's talking about. When he's talking, so, so I went away and watched this article, which again is all articles that we cover on the Bitcoin, on, uh, on the 4Bs, we we link to he um he talks about it in sorry i'm just going back to my point he, he, yeah he goes back to it and he look and he references it about being in the 13th cycle since 1945 so he knows all about cycles yeah. so but he wasn't saying this before yeah i think when people don't make sense and they start contradicting themselves if they're smart people, it's not by accident. Like because smart people don't mm. do that. Smart yeah. people are very consistent because they come from they always go back to first principles and then they, yeah. they build up from there. So it's very hard to completely contradict yourself on a core point yeah. when that's the way you think. And yeah. Ray is one of those guys. And now he's contradicting himself completely, going against a lot of the core things that he has come out from. He doesn't trust, he verifies. And now suddenly it's it, it, it always thinking is modeled up and you go, Oh, he's been told to say this now, right? This is yeah. why this interview that lasts just the just two minute clip doesn't align with the stuff he's been putting out over the last decade. There's yeah. a reason it contradicts it because the person that he's criticizing has told him fucking stop criticizing me, which is you know Mr. Orlin. It's actually ironic that his previous best-selling book was actually called principles. <laughs> so, you know he is the guy that runs his life from principles yeah and, and to be fair like up until now i i, I believe it yeah because he he did he was one of the very few very big like public billionaires that is largely in the financial system that was extremely critical of the us dollar mm. suggested that the chinese one is going to take over the like, yeah and, um, and Bitcoin had a chance as well. I, yeah, I was clear to check his DNA if he wasn't Chinese in some way, shape, or form. He, he didn't seem American. It was 
anti-America. Yeah, well, no, the, the thing is, though, he isn't biased anyway. That's what I liked about Ray, right? He's just looking at the data and going, yeah. based on what's happened before, based on the data that's happened over the last 50 years, the likelihood is this happens between China and America. And at some point, the, the global currency will also switch. And he was throwing in that Bitcoin could be the thing that takes over as well. China, as a country, is going to have the majority of the power. But what money are we using? It could be mm. Bitcoin. That was his thesis. And now he's thrown all that in the bin. And um, now America's great. Everything needs to be pegged to the dollar. Inflation's great. And you go, Ray, you sound like a two-bit economist that's being brought and paid for straight from university now it's just it's, it's sad to say do you but... think these guys have fallen on hard times nick nah. more so obviously but... because he, nick nick's nowhere you know i think ray was the last time i checked like 75th richest person in the world <laughs> so he's good it's the carrot of the stick right you got, you got to remember yeah. like with with when someone's as high up as ray you can there's a lot of things you can hold over him right it's it won't be monetary probably Mm. but it'll be it'll be access to people access to events it'll be meetings he's invited to it'll be things that his kids opportunities jobs and set up a legacy which will never be forgotten yeah or, or there could be a transgression yeah there could be a rape allegation there could be anything that is in his past will be a real shame if that was to come to light right mm. but just say this and it all goes away or you know there's unfortunately these guys like the people that control the us dollar do control the world so even for someone like ray when he's talking out against it and being almost like this figurehead of oh this is the guy that people trust and he's saying the us dollar is falling china the country is growing and bitcoin has a chance that's a voice you need to silence so they find their way they'll find a lever that gets him convinced to walk that back and go don't worry we're not going to make you freaking walk too much back but you just need to say when you get asked about bitcoin these are the five bullet points you say now yeah and he's saying them and they don't tie back to any of his previous work it doesn't make any sense it's just this nonsense built on top of a sound foundation you go where did the nonsense come from why why do you now have arguments that are sand you, you had concrete mm. points before right you i'm gonna have to down. listen to some vid- i'm gonna have to listen to some clips and videos from ray to look at his previous statements around Bitcoin because yeah, it's, I mean it's in the it's in our chat, so we can always come back. I've to saved the, I've saved the video. Yeah, uh, have a watch because I'm trying to think what he said about Bitcoin. I look at his comments about cash and think it's just a short term because he's, he says relatively attractive. So I don't know if that's a complete and utter against. But with Bitcoin, I'd have to re-listen to what he says, and you know I'm quite fond of Ray, so I probably am thinking the positives about him. But I'll listen to some clips, see what it says previously, and kind of come back to it. Ooh. Let's move on to Craig, Stephen Wright. If we Satoshi. must. <laughs> if we must. Satoshi. I mean, our, our Lord and Saviour, Satoshi. Satoshi Wright. Oh, man. Just, just imagine in, in some universe, in some parallel universe, Craig Wright is actually Satoshi. <laughs> there's, there's infinite universes right infinite realities so in one of them craig wright is actually satoshi i, I bet even in that reality no one believes that he's satoshi because <laughs> 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 he's such a cunt but um <laughs> but yeah so in this one he craig's doing what he always does right he's just fucking suing people he 
he doesn't abide by this, you know, a sovereign individual, you know, just what will be, will be. He, he goes to court and unfortunately he's managed to to win a case here against 16 Bitcoin developers um, only to take it to trial. Like they the wanted to take it trial before. And um, essentially what he's doing is he's suing them for changing his Bitcoin. Um, so all the forks and all the updates that have happened on Bitcoin and all the improvements that the Bitcoin developers have done over the last 14 years, he's claiming that that is um, an egregious change to his perfect Bitcoin. And um, and not only during all these changes, they hacked and stole 111,000 Bitcoin from him. Um, so he wants them to force to admit that they changed Bitcoin incorrectly and they want, they should put it back and then to fork Bitcoin to a different version where he owns this 111,000 Bitcoin, which he, he already owns anyway on the existing chain, but for some reason he can't access it. So he wants them printed again on another fork. Well, he wants the private a, key. So I was trying to understand this, but he says that he owned it on Mt. Gox. He can't get it from Mt. Gox because he's locked out of the wallet and he wants yeah. him to have this fork. So it's pretty much, there's no proof, but there's been, um, who is it? Danny, a guy called Danny Brewster, whoever it has, claims that a lot of that is his. So he, he's time to f off because he, I think he's claiming he's got you know tens of thousands. It doesn't sound like he's claiming the lot, um, but um, basically telling Craig Wright they're not his. And so it's if Craig Wright gets this through, he immediately faces a court case against Danny Brewster about ownership as well. But he's not going to get it through because it's like you want to fork Bitcoin, you go get all miners to agree. Yeah, well, we don't actually. Anyone, I could fork Bitcoin tomorrow. Oh yeah, but you'd end up with a fork which no one uses. Exactly. So, I uh, I would be happy to settle now with Craig and go. All right, fine, you win. We will fork Bitcoin, and you can have that hundred eleven thousand Bitcoin, and it's called BTF, whatever. And then he just goes off on his own little chain. And he has his 100, 111,000 Bitcoin, all, all attributed to him. But the value of every coin is zero. So Exactly. You'd have to have users. And like we would, with that fork, we would all have replicas of what we've got, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would. Yeah, you, you would all have the same coin on there. What I think he means is that... I'd be trying wants... to sell that as soon as I got it. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> convert, convert, yeah. convert. Well, it was, yeah, it was like um, a tax dividend when, um, well, I've forgotten what they're called. Yeah, Bcash and BSV. Yeah. Bcash was a 10% dividend. And then when BSV launched, I think it was a 2% dividend. Because, yeah, they, they just gave you the coins for free. You dumped what, them. What year but, were they launched? It's probably before our time. 2017, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I went in 2018. So, unfortunately, was, I missed the free. It was great. I think what Craig would probably want is he wants to play a version of Bitcoin, just the same version, BTC. <laughs> and I think he just wants the one change to be is that the the private key for this Bitcoin is given to him. But isn't he? But this is the thing, isn't it? What what shows and is very telling is that whenever he's suing or in this uh, case, what he's pursuing is Bitcoin. He's not asking anyone for BSV or 
BSV gold or anything like that. He's after Bitcoin. And it's 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 a it's a trait that I've also seen from you know like the FBI when they're seizing Bitcoin and anybody else in terms of these scammers, they aren't after all of these shit coins. So there must be amongst the board of everybody a true belief that right, whilst everything else is going on, Bitcoin is the one that we want you know why isn't anybody trying to hack ethereum or again you know stick dicks you're one of your favorites <laughs> two or ten percent <laughs> you know everybody wants but it's well it's pure money focused isn't it so but i think you know mr Allen's perfectly right here get the developers fork it we'll, we'll, we'll ignore court we'll fork you a version there you go fuck off but then again, he'll just try and do it again when it turns out to be worth zero. Yeah, weirdly, he wants to flex and try and get some court somewhere just to give him a case. Because he's obviously already starting to lose the cases where people have called him a fraud and people in court cases are dismissing it. This is just another court case. And really, I think even what he wants, even more than money, is just for him to be acknowledged in some shape or form that maybe... He's Satoshi, and therefore he he's owed a load of Bitcoin. And then he, I don't even know what he thinks he's going to do with that because everyone goes, if some random judge went, oh yeah, like let's just say he wins this, and they have to fork it, and they go, yeah, 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 he in some shape or form he was involved in the creation of Bitcoin, and he got these coins hacked. Then what? I saw how in Bitcoin mm. doesn't grow. Like no one gives a shit about you. Like yeah. so, some judge that got it wrong. I saw a thread around um, Huddle Not Put just taking the piss out of um, Craig Wright as usual. And Craig Wright's sugar daddy replied to it. Calvin Air, Calvin is it? Air. Calvin Air, the and, yeah. And he's it, and just like, um, oh, yeah, well, um, you'll get your day, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he put a reply and it was just, he got fucking crushed. He's just like, we all know he's a right Satoshi. And he just went, bang, here's a court telling him that he's a pile of nonsense. <laughs> And it was just like no response from um, the sugar daddy then. Yeah, it's it's just a shame, right? Because I I see people like Corey Fields, Peter Peter Todd, Peter Woolley, they're they're all listed in this court case, and, and these are proper Bitcoin core developers that they're, they're doing really good hard work on Bitcoin, and um, they they they're getting their time wasted with this bollocks, mm. and. Um, yeah, it's sad that people like Craig exist in this world just to do this, and he's just got nothing better to do, you know. And he even forked his own coin called fucking BSV. I'm pretty sure in that fork, I think he gave himself Satoshi's coins. I, I think he in that he gave himself a million BSV or something, <laughs> which was Satoshi's coins. He just gave them to himself. It's his own fork. So it's like you've got your little pretend version of Bitcoin where you're Satoshi and you have the coins. Just fuck off and stay there. But like you said, Sineva, look, it doesn't matter, does it? Because no one's paying attention to BSV. It's a fucking dead coin. It's down 99.9%. So he's come back to Bitcoin going, I want some of this. I want some BTC. And of course you do, because this is the real Bitcoin, not your shitty shit coin. Yeah. I imagine he's probably got a shitload of cash because he was relatively early into yes. the crypto arena. Oh, yeah. So it's not like he struggles. So I think you're right. It is about the notoriety, about the fame, about everyone thinking he's some kind and of genius. Ego. 
I mean, and he, ego he, as well. Yeah, I think yeah, he's I, a psychopath or, or a sociopath, yeah. and some like yeah. he just craves adulation and respect. Like he's he's got the money, but it's not worth anything unless Correct. millions of people just respect and adore him, and he's just craving that. And he thinks by winning a court case that proves in some shape or form like he's got this Bitcoin or he's Satoshi, suddenly the world will finally acknowledge that Craig Stephen Wright is a genius and everyone will just love him. And it's it's obviously not going to happen. If he wins a random court case, all the Bitcoin is going to go, well, it's a dumb judge. We don't respect that decision. Go fuck yourself. He's just He's, he's chasing a... He's chasing a rainbow, but I just wish he'd fucking stop because he's just he's distracting good people from hard work and he just needs to fucking drop it. Yeah, I suppose the problem is if they do create a new fork, he'll just keep on coming back. Oh, yeah. I, I think he's he's literally got dozens of cases against dozens of people. Just every, every week, a different one kind of hits the press. It's just, which one is he talking about now? He's just, he's all over the place a bit and you know what he's trying to do. He's just he's just trying to. He doesn't matter if you lose ninety nine cases. If you win one, yeah, and that just overwrites the ninety nine, doesn't it? It's like I know I in the court of law, this and this got proven, so therefore that is true, right? You can never say that I'm not true because in a court of law it got proven correct. And despite the ninety nine defeats, yeah, you you ignore the ninety nine times you got called a fraud, a liar, <laughs> not Satoshi. But if one judge at one in one jurisdiction in one place suggests he might be Satoshi somewhere, he'll hang on that one and go, see, I fucking told you. Yeah, it's like the kamikaze, isn't he? He's like ready to go down with the ship, fighting to the end. So I don't think it'll be the last that we hear from him. It's like, as I said before we started recording, that super villain that just keeps on coming back. He is it like the Bitcoin Dr. Robotnik to Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Every level you think you've killed him and then yeah. he comes back yeah. and he's back in a new kind of little spaceship. you got to dunk his head again. Exactly. <laughs> That's him. Crazy. Oh, sweet. Right. <laughs> Last story of the week. Right. Well, this is actually something that I know I've spoken to you both about, which is putting your words into pictures, which allows you, so your seed phrase into pictures, which allows you to be able to remember them a lot easier in the event that all of a sudden you need to get out. Now we've got the bitmap 39 words, uh, which is over what, 4,000 different words and phrases, which make up your seed phrase. Uh, remembering them, whether it's uh, 12 words or 24, is difficult. Uh, but this guy here thought, Do you know what? I'm going to make a picture and I'm going to share that picture online. And none of you will ever get what my pictures mean in terms of the 24 words. <laughs> you want to go on? Yeah, well, the, f- the first comment, like, obviously... This is very clever because it's one of them, right? Okay, great. I like the idea. Put your seed word. He's he's decided 12 words, by the way, not 24. So straight away, mm. he's, chosen, he's chosen half the security that he could have had. Because um, a lot of these hardware wallets allow you to choose between 12 and 24 words. Why you pick 12, I don't really know. Just pick 24. It's it's more secure. Uh, and then he's decided yeah. to you know draw a nice little picture 
take a picture um, and take a photo of it and put it on Reddit and say, this is my 12 word seed phrase and pictures. <laughs> so the, the first comment is, you know, second rain, eight live window shoe, pink axe, arrow, fox, umbrella, beer. And um, as people have pointed out, some of those words have to be wrong because they're not in the BIP39 list. But in the comments below that, they can't even go, yeah, beer isn't, but this one is. And da -da -da. So before you know it, they pretty much have the 12 words. So you can see in the comments, the guy doesn't seem to be trolling. He's gone, oh, everyone's trying to guess my words. They're getting quite close. So he's moved the Bitcoin out. And um, he says he's left a few sats in that account. So when someone does guess it, they get a little bit of Bitcoin. But fortunately, he managed to move the majority of his Bitcoin before someone yeah. guessed it. Because putting your seed phrase online is next level dumb. It says <laughs> seeing nine commentators in here almost the whole time with no new comments being added. I'm assuming someone is trying to crack it as we speak. I've moved on the money except a little, so you actually get it. Um, it, um, if it as a reward. New wallet. I won't share the pictures with the internet. Lol. Yeah, this is um, this 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 reminds me of um when my my brother was first. Um, doing his backup of a seed wallet and um, he wanted to kind of flex and, and or be like nice and neat about doing the 24 words he went oh yeah and he was in work doing it and he's like oh, I'm going to type them out and print it I won't just write it and I just went do not put it into the computer and print it on a work computer you work for the NHS these computers will join up this you've just no you've massively he's like oh but it'll be neater I don't my handwriting I'm like just stop now stop. just stop put everything stop. fucking down and stop you know it's just, and, and i just have a sense that this is what this guy's doing here right he's kind of going oh i've got a clever way of my saving my 12 words like here it is and he wants to show it he wants to go look how much work i've done i haven't had to write my 12 words but yeah i know what this is but you don't and everyone looks at it and goes you're a fucking idiot i know what that says or give me an hour and I know what it says. <laughs> like, and um, yeah, so sometimes when, you, when you're proud of your security that you've done with your Bitcoin, be careful about how you share it because if you're sharing the actual one, uh, like when I saw this, I went, oh, clearly this is a troll post. But then I read his comments, I go, no, I think this is actually his his genuine 12 words on the on mm. this screen. I think he had probably the majority of his net worth behind these these pictures. And he's lucky that it was abstract enough to just take someone an hour or so to crack it. So he had enough time to move it because he was very close to losing all his Bitcoin by flexing how good he thinks his security is, which may have been great until he shared it with our Bitcoin. Like Jesus, like maybe if a normal person stumbled across this picture, they'd have never got it. Even if they'd got the words, they wouldn't know what to do with the words. Put mm. it in our Bitcoin and tell someone it's 12 words. Well, we're going to get it. Because like you said, there's only 4,000 words it can be. So yeah. he's done He's done some pictures here. Um, it doesn't, wouldn't take you long to get 12 words out of that. I mean, ultimately, what you could be, you could do is if even you've got the 12 pictures putting it in a different order. And then... You know, you've got to remember that order, don't you? Yeah, but then you, exactly, you've got to remember that order yourself. And then it's kind of like, oh my god, I've made the the hiding place too secure. Yeah, I, I like the idea of a story, right? So it's 
if you, if, you, yeah. if you had the whole story and but in reality i i just don't know I, i'm someone who just like likes to keep it simple so I, I think having just the 12 or 24 words largely written down or, or stamped on a tiny seed and just keeping that thing very very safe yeah. and you knowing where it is i think is is probably best because the, obviously the pro and the reason why we use tiny seed and all that kind of stuff is in case of fire and flood your um, backup seed will be still okay and uh, mm. obviously this photo is of his seed on a scrap of paper here right so where's this bit of paper going yeah it's and no matter probably where you put this in the case of fire and flood this isn't surviving so now what yeah it's, it's why we put it on fireproof steel yeah. that's one of the reasons why we use a backup seed that we do uh, so, but obviously, number one is that it would get found by a random person looking around your house. But number two is, if you do have a fire and flood, does your net worth go up in flames because it's just your twenty-four words written on a bit of card, or was a picture on an A4 bit of paper? It's that that's very very risky. It should be on a on a fireproof bit of steel that has some indication of how to return your word. So. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of writing pictures. I'm a fan of doing this in your head, having your words and creating a story and then remembering it that way through a story. I'm not a fan of writing this down unless you can write this down on steel in some shape or form. And also, as we've said before, and I know that um, you know, your backup is Young MBA as an alternative. You know, it, it, it goes back to trust. Maybe you have to find someone that you trust to also share the secret with. He's also a shit coiner looking for his post history. He's talking about what would be the best way for a naive person to make money in crypto. And he said 125 times by leverage or something like that. I was just like, <laughs> I'm a I trader just, then, isn't he? Yeah. I do yeah. love when Dr. Evil 10% goes off on a little research because you we were quiet for a minute and I wasn't too sure if we've lost him, his internet's gone or he's just fallen asleep and bored with the pod. But his disgust that you come back with of, oh, it's a shit coiner. Yeah. Here, here we go. So how would you respond to a crypto naive person who asks you how to make money from crypto? Start them out on 125 times by leverage free futures. Then he's oh, talking oh, that, about... Oh, that's a troll post. Oh, that. That's clearly troll. Uh, I don't know, because he's talking about like USDT coin and um, gambling using crypto. He's a pure shit coiner. So like... Uh. Yeah, because you're like, advising world. someone that's brand new to brand new to crypto, go yeah, yeah, hundred times leverage like that's that's just funny. That's like that's exactly mm. what you don't do to a noob. Like they get wrecked instantly. Yeah. But I, I put money. It's probably yeah. him, he's being serious. Yeah, he's probably, he probably is a troll post, but it's just another good example to use. I don't drawing pictures of your seed words might be a good idea. Don't take photos and send it to people and flex at how clever you are. Because yeah. If someone guesses right, you've lost all your money. So that was quite a big gamble, really, wasn't it? Maybe you don't yeah. want them to guess that. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I could see a film uh, just when when you were picturing uh, your brother writing it on his laptop 
at work and then it going into the servers of work and then somebody else finding it. it you know you could build a whole story and a film from it couldn't you of uh of where it goes and then he's there trying to delete all of the history <laughs> and it's just like oh gosh it's never going to be deleted and it's it's too late he's got to wipe wipe the harder wallet and start again mm. And I, I had to get him to promise me, like, look, it's fine. If he did it, just tell me and we'll reset everything. I think I reset everything anyway. I just didn't trust him. I was like, I don't, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I'm not even going to take your word for it. I think you did it, didn't you? So I'm doing it again. I reset as well. <laughs> did it all again. <laughs> but it's, right, well, should we end it there on a young MBA's potential fuck up, Mr. All In, aka the Trillion Dollar Man's lack of trust for young MBA? Dr. Evil 10% was here and is always here, you know, second highest attendance, may I say, and myself, Sir Neverlook, aka the excellence of execution. The highest attendance amongst the four Bs of us, but one person that doesn't have any attendance today, last week the week before and many weeks previously before that is Mrs. No Show, a.k.a. No Show. So that was pod number 85 brought to you by the four Bs. Peace. <laughs>